I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today live in the studio with Greg Crowley, CISSP, CISM, Chief Information Security Officer at eCentire, the authority in managed detection and response services, protecting the critical data and applications of more than 1,500 organizations in 80-plus countries from known and unknown cyber threats. To learn more about our sponsor, eCentire, visit eCentire.com. Greg, welcome. Great to have you in the studio today. Steve, thank you for having me. It's a lovely studio you have here. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Greg, let's dive in. We want to talk about you and your fellow CISOs. What does it mean to you? What do you think it means to other CISOs to do more with less today? Because a lot of companies are really challenged. They're challenged with budgets. They're challenged with their staff. And how have macroeconomic impacts changed your role or priorities? So I kind of laugh when I hear today because I feel like I've been dealing with this my whole career. We've always been asked to do, or I've always been asked to do more with less. I just think that's maybe just a management tactic or whatever. But <laughs> I think you're always looking to be as fiscally responsible as you can as a leader. Today, yes, there is more buzz around it right now. Okay, the recession, the uncertainty. So if, if your company is facing a hiring freeze, then... You, you you don't have much choice. So if you had some heads that you were looking to to bring on board, or if you were looking to fill some spots, then a hiring freeze kind of prevents you from doing that, which a lot of companies are facing. If you have to make the unfortunate task of laying people off, I always look to do that as the absolute last resort, would not recommend doing that. But look at what you could do with what you have. Okay, you have your resources, maybe you have one person, two people, but you also have a lot of different technologies. So what the technologies you have, how can you get the most out of them? What technologies aren't working? What services aren't working? And then look for a partner that can give you the best bang for the buck. What does your company really need? What's the outcome from a security perspective that they're looking to achieve? And from that security perspective, okay, how can I best get there? I only have so many people to do this, but the attacks are not going to stop. The threats are not going to stop. Security is important to just about any business. I can't think of an industry or a business where it's not. So look to see where you can leverage a partner, knowing that everything is going to get scrutinized, get that 24 by 7 coverage, have a partner that can help you every step of the way. So Greg, speaking to doing more with less, if I had to say who's our most popular guest, it would be a mid-market up to global 2000 Fortune 500 CISO. And one of the big challenges uh, we hear from them is outsourcing and what? What can we outsource? So they're looking at a lot of challenges and previously they may not have outsourced some of their security or not outsource a lot of it and now they're open-minded. So how do they reprioritize? How do they make those decisions? Well, cybersecurity jobs in general, there's stats out there, three and a half million unfilled cybersecurity roles, jobs, and those are never going to get filled. In-house, depends on the size company, but given the parameters that you gave, you're going to have some security people likely, right? So focus those people on the work that matters, the people that know the business, that can connect with the business, that know how to take service, can manage services, can manage technology, but they take away the pieces of the job that are almost commodity or are mundane or require the specialized skills, right? So you don't need specialists. It's hard to have a specialist that, okay, can 
know everything about configuring your sim, a specialist that can do all the malware analysis that is going to have threat intelligence. You can't have all of those. It's just not, it's not reasonable to think that you can. So what you want to do is you want to prioritize keeping in-house your, your core people, loyal people, they're your good workers, your good security-minded people, and then look to outsource the rest. Look to outsource that SOC. Look out to outsource that 24-7 monitoring. If you're not a security company, why would you want to spend a lot of money on security analyst tools and training up security personnel and training up analysts on how to do their job, hiring threat intel? No, leave that to security professionals. Hire people that can help you run your business and outsource those other services. So I want to talk about eCentire, Greg, uh, and I know you don't want to talk just about your company, but hey, you're with eCentire, you have a history, you know a lot about the company. What fascinates me is how many new customers the company has signed over a relatively short period of time. Now, it was only about two years ago when we first started working with eCentire, and at the time, I think it was about 800 customers, and today that's practically doubled. So tell us a little bit about the company. How are they acquiring so many new customers? What is it that makes eCentire stand out? Well, I could tell you from my perspective. So I got to know eCentire back in 2017. I've only become their CISO since January of 2022. But I knew of them or started looking into them in 2017. And I think um, I ended up onboarding them at a previous company around 2018, I believe. And it really what is remarkable about this company that I haven't found in any other company that I've kind of dealt with, had relationships with, worked at, is the culture, the people, their customer success driven. We have a, a motto that an attack on you is an attack on us, but we really, that falls flat in words almost. When you feel that, knowing that if you have even a little bit of an incident, if you have a, an alert, knowing that that team of security professionals is there, has your back, that just gives you such confidence. And I think they've just gained such a great reputation in the industry because of that people first, that security first, the world-class security leaders and professionals that they hire throughout. I want to ask you about a group inside of eCentire who, frankly, I found out about by accident, and that's the Threat Response Unit, TRU. Now, I found out about them through the blog, and they published some fantastic material, and I went back to eCentire and asked them if we could get a custom RSS feed and publish on our site. That's how good I thought their material was. And then in the process of getting that feed, I learned more about the group, but I don't want to steal your thunder and I certainly couldn't tell it as good as you could. So <laughs> tell us about the threat response unit. The threat response unit, also known as TRUE, they are eCentire's best kept secret, which uh, we don't necessarily need to keep a secret anymore. I mean, these men and women that, that are on the TRUE team, I forget how many of them are, but that keep just like our customer base keeps on growing. And one of the great things that you get with eCentire when you get their service is it's not a line item, right? It's just part of what we do. So this TRUE team is there. They're responsible for doing a lot of the novel detections that are out there, okay? It's not just standard signatures, but they're out doing the threat intel, the threat research. They're making these hypothesis-driven threat hunts. I mean, that's a huge thing. So if they're seeing something out there in the field or the industry and you're a customer, we're going to take that. We're going to make a hypothesis. What should we be looking for? We have a bunch of different signals, right? We get signals from your endpoint, from your log, from the cloud, from your network. All right. Well, what can we be looking for? So we do active threat hunts on all our customers' networks. And then the IOC sweeps. So there's, we know indicators of compromise, 
that might be out in recent attacks or that we're seeing out in the wild. And these guys will just go and scour the environment of our customers. But they're also the thought leaders. They're working with pretty much every government <laughs> agency. They're working with the CIA, FBI, RCMP, and it's a collaborative effort. We learn from them. They learn from us. A lot of the stuff can't be discussed, but that's the level that this group is at. We've earned the respect in the industry and the amount of threat intel that this group has, the research and reports that they put out. And I think monthly for customers, and I believe anybody that just signs up, you can get these live and or recorded monthly sessions that our true team puts out and what's what they're seeing out there in the industry. Well, for anyone who's listening to us, just go ahead and do a Google search on eSentire Threat Response Unit blog, and that will lead you to the rest of the content. Highly recommend it. So Greg, I want to ask you, uh, this might be a dumb question. If it is, you can go ahead and tell me, but I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how to ask this. When you look at yourself as a CISO, and, and I'm also curious to know about CISOs in general, how do you know if you're doing a good job? I mean, you have so much on your plate, everything from training users, employees in the company to be aware of security, out to the endpoint, everything in between. Like, How do you actually assess, am I doing a good job? Is my team doing a good job? And, and I use the word good because I can't imagine using the word excellent with all of the <laughs> threats that are coming at you. Yes. So... Not a stupid question, but a difficult question. So one thing that I think the industry lacks is a standard, say, board reporting or executive reporting, or even just a standard metrics that we should be tracking. I think a lot of people in the industry will get lost in, okay, well, how many vulnerabilities are out there? How many are we mitigating? And then I don't think that's the best metric. So I think what you're going to want to look at is, right, what are the real world threats out there? Okay. Do they apply to any of my assets? my assets, are they covered or do they have protection? What percentage of them are covered and protected? Okay. My critical assets, and it might be a domain controller, it might be router, it might be servers that have sensitive data on it, but are, are there logs being fed and monitored somewhere? And do we know that somebody is watching those? Do we know we're getting alerts? There's so many different angles, but if you break down your security programs, and I think you could look at the security awareness program too, and you want to build resilience. So I think security awareness is one I like to use as an example, because you have your program, so you're going to make sure everybody takes their security awareness training, answer questions, right? Then the, a part of that program, too, is going to be your phishing simulation. So when you do the phishing simulation, you're going to say, you send out the emails and see if they click, and if they click, do they get, uh, do they put in credentials? But the other part of that equation that's also very valuable is, are they reporting? So if they clicked, do they report it? Or if they didn't click, but they know it's a fish, are they reporting it? So if you're looking at security awareness as a program, okay, what percentage of your company has completed this training? That's part of the score. And then of your company on the phishing simulations, who clicked, who reported, what are those percentages? And that wraps up to give you a score. So you get kind of a, a sense of how well we're doing. So any area within your programs that you can do to give you a score to see how well you're doing, I think that's that that's critical. You also want to get into the area of just thinking about being resilient, which I mentioned before. All right, so if you anticipate, withstand, and recover, can you anticipate what threats are out there? What might hit you? Can you withstand something if there is an attack against you? And if there is something that happens, can you recover? So if you're measuring against those, then you're going to understand how resilient you are. And I think that's what you want to be measuring. So you talk about resilience, maybe you could break this down for 
a lot of the small and mid-sized companies out there, there's a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of analyst data that maybe only large enterprise CISOs and some bigger companies have a chance to disseminate and, and really understand the difference between some of these terms. So break it down for us. What's the difference between cybersecurity and cyber resilience? <laughs> well, I always hated the question when somebody would ask me, okay, how secure are we? Or are we secure? To me, it's like asking, are you healthy? Are you healthy, Steve? <laughs> I think so. All right. Well, are you taking your vitamins? Are you exercising? Do you drink? Are you eating healthy? If you're saying yes to those, then, and you're not, and you're feeling pretty good, then I, I think the answer is, okay, yeah, I think I'm pretty healthy. And I think the same can apply to security. So rather than asking how secure you are, I would say, are you resilient? So, and again, it, it comes down to what, or we simplify it as, as anticipate, withstand, and recover. So you look at your exposure management, all right? So your vulnerability management, any assessments you might do to understand the risks in your organization, and then you address those accordingly, come up with a plan. eCentire can help do that. And then withstand, that's really what eCentire really does. That's the core of us. That's the managed detection and response, the MDR. That's our multi-signal MDR offering. It helps detect, investigate, disrupt, contain threats before they disrupt the business. And then recover, well, you know, sometimes things get true. No one out there can guarantee that nothing is going to happen. And if something does happen, do you have a plan for recovery? How quickly can you react? How quickly can you respond? And really one of the amazing differentiators that eCentire has is our DFIR, Digital Forensics and Incident Response Team. And that provides the world's fastest suppression commitment with a four-hour SLA on our IR retainer. I mean, if you have an incident and you have that program, if you have an outbreak, if you have something happen, we're going to suppress it in four hours. So I think all three elements, the anticipate, the withstand, and the recover, all very important. So Greg, before you go, I'm going to give us a shameless plug here. Uh, as you know, we produce a lot of market data. So I'm just going to put one data point out, it has to do with CISOs, and then I want to get your feedback. And this is statistical data. Now, this is just Fortune 500 CISOs, not CISOs universally, but Within Fortune 500 CISOs, the average tenure right now is a year, right about one year. So there's a tremendous amount of turnover. In your opinion, you know, what leads to that or just any factors you'd want to touch on? Uh, why are these security leaders turning over the way they are in the, in the largest enterprises in our country? So that's interesting because when I looked a couple of years ago, I think that stat was around 21, 24 months, something like that. So it sounds like it's even worse now, which is not very reassuring. But I think what companies are doing better to change that statistic is to make sure that, yes, the CISO is not there to fix everything. They don't own all the risk. The CISO is there to raise the risk, to shine light on it, to offer solutions, to differentiate and prioritize what needs to be fixed. If the CISO is getting hit with privacy, getting hit with trying to do the daily day-to-day -day tasks, be the thought leader, report upward, you can't ask the CISO to do everything and anything. You need to give them the support. You need to give them a team that can really make sure the cybersecurity and the risk management program is well-functioning. To me, I'll go back to taking it to a culture of a company. For CISOs out there, we're in demand, so we can go elsewhere. Have a company, have a culture that is supportive, that is empowering, that takes security seriously, 
and is not just looking for a scapegoat. And that's a place where a CISO can thrive. So I think it's really just the stress of the job. And to me, I would never take on a job without committing to stay there for, say, at least 18 uh, months to two years at a minimum, because you got to come in, you got to you got you have to look at the company and you have to structure a program. Then you want to start getting that program together and see it through to execution. Well, just to qualify on that statistic, uh, you definitely have situations. So, for example, HCA Healthcare, one of the largest health providers in our country, their CISO, Paul Connolly, who's just fantastic. Uh, he was with the company for 24 years. He retired. So you're going to see changeover for various reasons. And then the statistic gets skewered because now you have a new CISO who comes in. So you go from someone who's there for a long time to only a year. So I don't want to dwell on that one year figure, but the point is we do see a lot of turnover. And to your point about culture, and I think that's a really important one, how important is it to have buy-in from the board, from the C-suite, from business leaders, because if a CISO leaves, and then another CISO comes in, they're either coming into a mess or they're coming into a security culture, as you say, where maybe it's more conducive to them uh, having a graceful takeover. I think it's the most important factor. I think if you're coming into a company or you're accepting the role of a CISO, I would hesitate to do so before speaking with the board, knowing the senior leadership, understanding their stance on security. Are they taking it seriously? Are they committed to risk management? And you're going to have to ask various questions to get that answer. You're going to really have to interview them. And if they're not committed, then you're going to see this repeated cycle of CISOs coming and going. Uh, you want to understand that they have a succession plan. You should have a succession plan because you want to leave the company in good standing when a CISO does choose to leave. But yes, the culture, the support, the empowerment, and taking security seriously. If you're going to take on a CISO role, do your homework first. Greg Crowley, great insights. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you'll be back soon to talk about cybersecurity careers. Thanks, Steve. I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. To learn more about our sponsor, eCentire, visit eCentire.com. You can keep up with all of our media at cybercrimemagazine.com. <laughs>